Hello, everyone, uh, and welcome to another episode of Taking the Stand. Um, it is, a, of course, Freedom Advocacy production, a fan podcast that takes you into the corridors of power and the courtrooms where justice and liberty applies. Now, it's always fun when um, reality or politics decides to coincide with a topic that we here at FAN care about and, uh, and, and might want to have a discussion about. And uh, I'm, as in the previous week, privileged to be joined by uh, Sara, the chief in charge, the big cheese of Edonti Educate, Don't Indoctrinate, and, and a brand new entity seeking to combat the nonsense of uh, we call we can call it social justice, we can call it critical race theory, or we can just call it good old racism in South African schools. Um, but this week, Sarah, we uh, we can contrast the idea of justice and social justice quite neatly, because as ever, the obliging Muppets at the Judicial Services Commission, the JSC, have stepped up to the plate to explain how the idea of uh, social justice and transformation really goes directly against the idea of justice in practice. Now, in a country like South Africa, where injustices are historic and large, perhaps it's time to care more about actual justice than oftentimes the hollowness of capital S, capital J, social justice. So to kick off, Judicial Service Commission, JSC, perhaps... Give us a bit of an understanding as to why this bunch of people uh, is noteworthy and important. Well, the, the JSC, the Judicial Service Commission, is it's a body comprised of 23 people, some judges, some representing the legal fraternity and politicians, um, which suggests that it's not, well, it's not well designed and not well structured. And this is the body that interviews people for high court, concourt, um, Supreme Court of Appeals positions when they become vacant. Um, so basically, it it it, it grills the uh, applicants uh, about their views, about uh, some of the work they've done, the, if they've if they've been judges or acting judges, some of the judgments they've given. Um, but it, you know, theoretically, when you're looking at appointing people into those sorts of positions, you want a, a panel of people that is really Fair-minded, knows the law, have 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 substantial reputations by and large, um, and the criticism of it currently is it's way too filled with, uh, with, for want of a better word, words, lightweights and politicians, and uh, the the nature of their recent um, discussions in interviews uh, bear that in, bear, bear that out. Now. To look at um, the importance of 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 this uh, this this entity, and also to look at why it is now a good moment to consider social justice and justice, and whether they can work together or whether they actually um, undermine each other. Perhaps it's important to look at the role of a high court judge, or a Supreme Court of Appeals judge, or a constitutional court judge because and correct me if i'm wrong here it's always something that we uh people who study law and someone like you who, who practiced it extensively it's always this thing but you know how how can you uh you know 
fight an immoral case or, or fight, defend someone who might be guilty. And at the end of the day, the concept of justice is in a weird way over-romanticized, that the job of a judge sitting on a bench, whether it's High Court, Concord, or Supreme Court of Appeal, is not to conjure up the magic of harmony or justice, um, or, or harmony or peace and, 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 and you know, unicorn farts. It's to find a just solution for a wrong that has been committed. It is to work within the realms of practicalities of the law, of reality, and find whether someone has been unjustly treated, and then to find an objectively measurable way to restore them to a position where that harm has been redressed. So when a judge needs to do that, it depends on skill, his ability or his her ability to read the law, to analyze facts, to consider evidence, to uh, uh, read perhaps, uh, you know, uh, uh, international law, foreign law. And it strikes me that to apply justice is not this romantic thing it is often pumped up to be. It is a skill set that people in the legal fraternity develop. And that's why, in theory at least, when you're a senior in the legal profession, that's when you get to apply or step up to a judicial role. Um, look, I can't, I can't add, uh, you've essentially set it out. Um, a judge doesn't necessarily have to know every area of the law um, or, because you know, judges will, will be, have been advocates and attorneys who've specialised in other areas of law. But they must, you, know, you expect them to have the capacity to read, to research um, and to analyse. That's, that's essentially what you're looking for in, in, in a judge because, as you say, the, the whole purpose of a judge judging a matter is to apply an, to an objective legal set of legal um, uh, legal status legal situation to the the, the the arguments and the evidence placed before them now that's not to say that um, what is just a just decision may necessarily feel like a fair decision because um, the chances are the party who loses is not going to feel it's fair but it's not fairness per se that's the issue it is justice as whether the the decision is supported by the law as per the facts and the argument um and judges get it wrong or people believe it they've got it wrong and they appeal it to the next level of, of judiciary so it'll go from the high court it could go from if it's a single judge to a three a three judge bench or from a three judge bench to the supreme court of appeals and from there it could be appealed to the concord so that does build in the possibility of of error um, it, it, of yeah, of error of of of, of wrong interpretation. Um, the and and that's really what so what you're looking. So what you're looking for in a judge is not necessarily a range of huge experience, but what you're mm. looking for is is the person with with enough experience to be able to apply their mind, research the matter, and 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 analyze it to the point where. Having all the law in in having regard to all the law, a decision is then taken taken and handed down. So justice, as the almost you know, it's it's it might sound boring, but it is important in the sense that it is not the 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 fanfares and the banners and the activism of 
social justice. Social justice has has a romanticism to it. It has this moral cause, this moral calling, and this moral momentum it often tries to build up. And where these two things come in conflict is within the parameters of the JSC, which is trying to appoint people who can pursue justice. But now we've got politicians like Dalium Pofu, Julius Malema, starting to say the, 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 the measurement, the, the, the criteria for whether you belong on the High Court or the Supreme Court of Appeal or the Constitutional Court bench is not whether you can apply justice, but it's whether you manifest, embody romantically the idea of social justice. So perhaps give us an idea as to who is Judge Unterhalter and why is he such a touch point for this issue? Well, Judge Unterhalter, David Unterhalter is a, a really um, well-established, uh, respected advocate. He's, he's now sitting on the bench in the High Court, so he's Judge Unterhalter. Um, he's academically considered to be brilliant. Um, he is, in, 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 in a nutshell, um, David Unterhalter is a cut above everyone. It doesn't matter pretty much who's in that in, in, in the court concord or otherwise. He's in a he's in a league of his own. So ostensibly we should be very excited that he's applied to sit on the constitutional court because he's frankly should be a shoe-in. But what you have at the JSC is you have an emphasis on questions like, and it's not necessarily exactly what was put to him, but it was put to others. Shouldn't you as a white man not consider taking up a position where a black man could fill it? So you're looking at the equality of the races, not the, the, the quality of the, of, of, of the judicial officer, because, you know, it doesn't matter whether, what color another judicial officer is, that very few are likely to in any way approach David Unterhalter's intellect. Um, so it's questions like, it like that. It's general questions about whiteness. So it, it, it goes towards the idea of transforming the court, which is a very social justice uh, uh, position. And from a, a classical liberal point of view, the, the, the color of your skin, whether you've come from a previously disadvantaged history or not, is not the issue. The issue is the skill you bring to the court mm. for the sake of serving the people of South Africa. And there's another side issue with uh, Judge Unterholt, and that was the fact that he sat as a, as a non-executive director on the Jewish Board of Deputies, which is essentially a big charity organization for the Jewish community. And he was, uh, he's been attacked on the fact that it's a, a pro-Zionist or pro-Israel uh, organization, and he's very sitting on it, contradicts their political feelings about from a pro-Palestinian point of view. And the argument is that, first of all, the, the, that whole area of politics and, and uh, that whole area of politics is fraught um, and that there is much more to it than one side or the other may, may put forward. And either way, on two sets of, of, of interviews, he has been, he and another white applicant have been excluded. Now, that's not to say... Uh, I'm not commenting or in no way uh, derogating on the on on the on the on the skills of the black judges that were put forward, but we have a court that currently and has for some years been entirely black. Mm. Now that position isn't a problem provided people are, are there on merit. Um, 
that that given the JSC's processes, that may be open to question. But if the the government's very very keen on transformation per the demographic of the society, and if they want to go with the strict demographics, which we would be opposed to, then there should be room for at least one and a bit white judges. And one and a bit oh. white judges have not been uh, have not made the cut. Um, so the overhaul of the Judicial Service Commission is crucial, and it's got to get rid of the. It's got to have experts, uh, expert, mm. fewer people, and expert people, and get rid of the even the good, even the nice, good pol politicians. Mm. It's not. It's not a forum for politicians. And I think this is such a clear example um, of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. Is that you have justice and you have social justice. And people often ask us when we make these shows and we make these statements, you know, but isn't social justice just a good thing? Isn't it, isn't it just an, an, an add-on to broader justice? And this is a very clear example where in the interest of social justice, capital S, capital J, a person who has the skill set to apply actual justice, make a real difference, not look better or on or off a bench, but make a real difference, bring justice where injustices have occurred, where you've got social justice saying he's a white man, he deserves not to be there, and you've got justice saying, but he's got the skills to be there, he can make a real difference. And it seems like politicians in specific parties opt for the one and not the other. No, no look, I mean, essentially... The social justice appointment runs the risk of not providing the best decision making for the sake of the country. The, the person that decided on on skill and and I mean he was David I think was head of the World Bank Tribunal. Um, it, it is a, a commercial a commercial body. I mean commercial law is difficult stuff. So mm. you know to deal with that is is no is no small. Small, no small feat. So, you know, it's definitely a case of you may benefit a, a person as representative of a group of people, but not represent, not benefit the people as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, that's so so tragic because it, it fundamentally it's it's an insult to white people, black people, colored people, Indian people, thinking that you. Um, Indian lawyer or you black lawyer or you white or colored lawyer, you cannot, your understanding of the law isn't deep enough to apply it to someone who looks differently from you and might have a different experience from you. We look at people like Pius Langa, uh, Judge uh, Justice Mosineki, and then we look overseas to one of my absolute heroes, uh, Justice uh, Clarence Thomas on the American Supreme Court, black jurists who were they to hear my case, a white Afrikaner, I would be happy to trust them to pursue justice. And I think it's such a cheap shot to think that because the color of a judge is one way or the other, we have to go with that and compromising the actual ability of South Africans to have injustices largely affecting people from a different skin color redressed in a court of law. You see, the thing about reaching a, a, a judicial decision is that what the judge in it, we have the adversarial system. So we have the, the um, plaintiff or the prosecution and the defendant or respondent, etc. And the thing about that process is 
the judge rely the judge can ask questions, but the judge relies on the two parties to put their case to the judge and raise issues and explain issues that may be pertinent to a person's background or their circumstances. And the, the judge is expected to have the wherewithal to appreciate what's been said and then applies to whether they think it's, it's, it's relevant or not. And as I said, then, then you've got the appeal system anyway. Um, I mean, just, you know, the, the sort of thing of uh, you, you can't, if you're one color, you cannot under, appreciate the lived experience of another color. It, it, it's, it, it implies, I, I think the most awful thing about that is it implies that you're somehow lacking in humanity. Mm, mm. And, um, and look, I mean, judges can lack humanity. I mean, yes. these things can happen. But the point is that most people will appreciate a disadvantaged situation, irrespective of color, if, if they've either been exposed to it enough or have had it well explained to them. Mm. And I mean, it, it just it breaks down into the absurd, because I think if we're going to get very technical about it, I'm one of the whitest people I know. Whenever I stand in a kitchen, I just have to wear bright colors because otherwise I might blend in with the appliances. And if you were to compare my skin color to yours, we'd have differences. So would we where do you draw the line between races and just different, you know, Plascon cards going? Let me check. Let me check this person, this person. Oh. They're close enough to understand me. Well, you see, the, the, the insult is in that literally the criteria are based on the color and the assumption that the color reflects a certain experience. Um, and, and that's the basis, one of the significant bases of, of uh, CRT is that you, if you're a black American, you've had all disadvantages, none of the advantages, etc., etc. Now, while that may be certainly true to some extent it doesn't it's not going to apply absolutely across the board it doesn't apply mm. to any grouping across the board and the fact that i may be a slightly darker white than you are my experience and and my history you know you you may not you you may not know it and you may not know to what extent it it may or may not have disadvantaged my back but that that for crt and for social legal um for uh, critical legal theory is is not the is not the issue. You've, it, it, you sort of have to imply the the broader negative to to the to the victim grouping, and the broader mm. negative to the victim to the victimizer grouping, and mm. uh, the, the whole thing about justice in the in the usual sense of the word. I'm going to say it in the usual sense of the word, is that it's a combination of meeting the law seeing that the facts meet the law, seeing that the argument meets the law, and taking into account what what may in fact be almost identical in one court will result in one decision and may result in another court and another decision. And they may not, they may be both considered equally unfair or equally fair, but they're not mm. unfair because to, in, in, in certain respects, particularly when it comes to a decision in, uh, in criminal law, the circumstances of the person affects the, mm. the sentence. Mm. So it's it's not as if it's it's a rigid application of mm. immutable laws that ensure that some poor sod is going to end up on the wrong side. It law is a complex thing, and mm. often people will feel they've ended up on the wrong side. Um, but it's uh, it, it's actually about providing in justice to an individual that the rest of society can, in principle, rely on.
and I think with that, I mean, that's the perfect thing to to end off on in in, in this episode is it's really a question South Africans have to ask ourselves. Do we want justice? Do we want as a society to be able to trust the law, trust the judicial system to a certain extent, of course, with healthy criticism built in, where we know that whomever sits there and whomever appears before whoever sits there will be judged on the law, predictable and impersonal as it might be, while it is not divorced from the idea that justice should improve the lives of people. And I think it's very telling that we've got a clear example where justice demands one thing and social justice, the transformationist agenda, the Fervurdian idea of your color determines who you are in direct conflict. And I'm so glad the Judicial Services Commission fumbled this as they fumbled so many things in time for us to have this episode. And perhaps they should re-Christian themselves. <laughs> yes, no, I mean, it, that's, that's a spectacular commitment to error. But perhaps they should rename themselves the Social Justice Services Commission because the idea of the judicial concept of justice is not being served by this. And perhaps to end off, and perhaps I'll chat to Mbali about making this the thumbnail of this episode. Lady Justice, historically, stands weighing the law and the facts with a blindfold. She doesn't peek underneath it to see what the color of the judge or applicant or defendant is. That blindness holds because it's not about your skin color, where you come from. It's about making sure justice advocates for freedom. And the sign of line being as ever, your freedom is worth fighting for. Sarah, everyone at home, thank you very much. See you next week. Thank you.